Hi, this is George McGarren with the McGarren Group. If you want to drastically improve your communication skills, the only person that you should be listening to is Greg Rice with the Art of Communication podcast. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, what's up? Today I'm talking with George McGarren. George is the founder and president of the McGarren Group, where they've been placing C-suite execs at the highest levels of the biggest companies for almost 20 years now. He also helps executives empower their careers through personal branding and coaching. Um, So really powerful what he does, and we had a great discussion. We talked about how his biggest mistakes have really led to his biggest opportunities and the development of all his different companies, right? Each is based on a mistake that he had. I think that's really important for entrepreneurs to hear because you need to fight through those early trouble spots because there's success on the other side. We also talked about how he's leveraged communication skills to build three very successful companies, one eight figures, one seven figures, and one six figures, right? So he's had a ton of success. And then we talk about the importance of building a network and how he's built really strong relationships with the folks in his network. So George is full of energy. He's a lot of fun. Um, The key thing I took away from this interview is that you can be successful at the highest levels if you're simply willing to give more than you get, as well as obviously work hard and, and just try to help those around you. So I hope that you take away some valuable nuggets from our talk. George, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to have you on the show today. Greg, it's awesome to be here. Appreciate it. It's, it's good, to, uh, good to see you again. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. I think um, you're going to bring a tremendous amount of value around two, two sides of the same coin, right? Number one, from a leadership perspective, how do you find folks that are a great fit for your culture and business? And, but then from a, a person looking for a role, how can they find a great fit for them as well? And what are all the nuances around those things? But before we dive into to those, I'd love to just go back and get a feel for kind of how you got started in this business. Right, so I, I, uh, I have a couple of businesses where they're all, they've all, they're all been, they've all been mistakes turned into business models. That's kind of my. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's if you've had that 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 issue in life, but I've seemed to have that issue a lot, right? Where there's just lots of mistakes, and uh, I was able to turn them around. So I was I was in New York City hanging out in a cool little cushy job. A recruiter guy calls me. This is 20 years ago, 21 years ago, and. Uh, he, he literally says, George, this is in, in a January, January. So January in New York is, is extremely you know, cold. Recruiter from Florida, from Miami, calls me. And I don't know, have you ever been to Flor- Miami in January? No. Yeah, it's Haven't like, been. I mean, it's, it's, you know, crystal clear blue, you know, just it's, just, it's just a beautiful place, especially when you're coming from, you know, you got 14 pairs of socks on and, and you're just, <laughs> you know, three scarves and, and, uh, so this recruiter calls me and he says, Hey George, it's, this was a Thursday. We've got this great opportunity for you. It's in, it's in here in Miami. It's a German company. We're doing software consulting. Can you get down here tomorrow? We're like, we'll get, we'll get the flight today. We'll fly down tomorrow. You'll be back tomorrow night. Come down and see us. So uh, I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, that, I could do that. I show up. I mean, it's just like, it's exactly the way I painted it. Right. Beautiful, crystal clear, you know, pristine, just, 
Oh, it's just a wonderful Miami in January is beautiful. So I, I'm there and they literally, they offer me the job. They're like, George, it's $40,000 more than you're making now. But here's the catch. The catch is you have to start Monday, you know? So back then I was making, I think I was at like $60,000 or 65,000. 65 to 105 when you're like in your 20s is like, huge. I mean, that's a lottery ticket, right? <laughs> so no due diligence, didn't care who I was working for, didn't care who I was living, didn't, didn't matter. I, was, I mean, it didn't, you know, when you're younger, you don't think this way. And uh, I was like, let's go, game, game on. So I was there Monday, you know, working. Three, so three months into it, I walk into the office and I had, you know, I'd got, I'd got new furniture, rented an apartment for a year. Three months into it, I walk in, the whole office is just sad. You know, there's 30, 30 or 40 people on the team. And I, I kind of looked to my left and looked to my right and asked, the, well, what's going on? I'm like, no, Germany's going to close down the, the, we're closing down the uh, Miami operation. So we're, uh, we're like, we're done. We're out, out of luck. Wow. And the girl next to me, I said to her, I said, um, and I just paused for a second. And I just said, so like, what's next? Like, what do I do? You know, she's like, well, I'm going to go get a coffee and then I'm going to the unemployment line in Miami. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. So I did that and I'm sitting there and I was, you know, just lots of different types of people. And I'm thinking, man, I've done everything I was supposed to do. I went to good schools. I, you know, I worked at some pretty good companies before, before that, you know, I did it sort of textbook. And then I thought, but I'm still here. Like I'm unemployed here and I've got a problem. There was a, there was a, uh, I'd taken out this, like, don't pay for your furniture for 12 years from, you know, this company. I've, have you seen those deals? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, I got suckered into that. And uh, I just thought, Literally in the un unemployment line, I thought, I'll never work for somebody else again. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to start my own business, right? I'm going to fail on my own. I didn't have any money, didn't have any friends, didn't know anybody. Yeah, it's just, it was a bad situation. <clears throat> so from there, I started looking. For, my plan was I'll get a job. And then from the job thing, I'll kind of moonlight, you know, and start my own business when I'm not working, you know, evenings. I went to a couple of recruiters. And uh, one of the recruiters, you know, the guy was impeccably dressed. And I thought man, I could do this. I could be in recruiting. This isn't easy. Like this, how hard could this be? Right? Yeah. Easy peasy, so, right? Yeah. Easy, easy. Right. <laughs> so I convinced this guy to hire me. He hires me month into it. I'm like crushing it. Right. I was just, I mean, I was just insane with, I was just all over the, uh, I was just naturally good at it. Month into it. He's like, Hey George, you know, like you should, you talked about having your own business like this. You should do your own business. You know, like, we should just like, you're going to eventually you know, you're going to outgrow this. Like you're, you're, you have this talent and that was it. I started my own, I started my own firm, just, you know, me, myself and I in an apartment, you know, one bedroom apartment room in Miami with unpaid furniture, you know, I could barely. And, uh, so it went from like bad to worse for like three years. Right. That was, mm -hmm. so, but I just, I just kept showing up, you know, like I was, I just showed up every day. I was showing up, showing up and people were telling you, you're too young. You don't know this. You don't have any clients. You don't, I mean, and I just kept on like persistently showing up and, uh, year three, you know, things changed. And I went from zero to 50 people pretty quickly. And then I started hiring people, hiring people. So that was the start of my career. And I still have that. I mean, that's what I do today, 20 years later. What was the impetus that, that caused that jump from zero to 50 in year three? Great question. Uh, you, and you, you see this, you still see this today. Right. And, and I get this, this question a lot. There, the, there's any, any, any company that does well, it's really the solopreneur 
like you're just trading time for money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you're, you're better off really working for a company if you can. They give you vacation, they give you benefits, you know, you can, you know, you travel, they pay for it, you know, a lot of times. And uh, all the businesses that I had seen that I was going after, they all had employees, you know, and I, then I read one stat, one stat said, and I don't know if this, I don't know how relevant or how true it was, but it said for every, a company does in revenue, $100,000 for every employee they have, right? And I thought, man, like that's, that's a pretty good, like I need to start hiring people. And that was it. And then there, there, that was the first piece that kind of stuck in my head. I knew that the first year or two, year three or four, year three, really, I, there was a friend of mine that I met, he was a business guy. And he said to me, he, he used to call me by my last name. He'd say, McGarren, what do you want to make in a year? You know, I said, I'd like to make a million bucks a year. Like, that'd be great. And then he said to me, well, you better start doing stuff that's worth $500 an hour, you know? And I didn't understand that. And he, he started to explain that being the best email, you know, or, or being the best, whatever, that's chart that was costing me 500 bucks an hour. And I need to pay, I need to hire somebody, pay them 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour, even if part-time and let them do those things and let me do the stuff that I'm good at. Right. Which is the, the client interaction or the, or the people part of the business. And, uh, he explained it to me, you know, he said, listen, if you work 2000, you know, 40 hours a week, 52 hours a week, you know, 52 hours a year, I'm sorry, 40, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, that's 2080 hours, right? In a year, in a year, you want to make a million bucks, million, you know, divided by 2080 is roughly 500 bucks an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So he explained that to me. And that, that's, that was the light bulb, you know, the light bulb that went off. And from then on, I always, I'm, I've always been very con- conscious of my time and what it's worth. And that was what made me, so I grew up to 50 people, right? If you're an entrepreneur, listen to this. This is the one mistake I made. All my clients were banks, financial institutions, insurance companies. And in 2009, mm-hmm. I, went from 50 back, I went from 50 back to zero, right? But yeah. Yeah. So I went, I mean, it was just a, I also lost two houses. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm like the poster child of what I thought to do. But I was able to learn a lot of things on the way, hire people, have good systems, automate some things. I learned to be remote, actually. I mean, I learned my, all my teams have been remote since 2009, right? So that was my version of COVID-19. It was 2009 for me. And sure. uh, yeah, so, you know, I got rid of the, the, all the, you know, the office, we had two, off, two offices at the time that I couldn't pay for. I mean, that was a disaster. It was just, a, I was the poster child for how not to run a business, right? I was making, the time I was making a million dollars a year, I was, I'm personally, I was spending like 1.2, right? Yeah. So, just a disaster. So anyway, you grow up, you learn. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably. You could. You could. If you're a listener, you could probably say, "This guy's real. This guy. This guy's either really dumb, right? Because he doesn't do. He doesn't prepare anything, or he's really smart because he was able to figure it out twice and do it better the second time. So I don't. I don't know. But well, it's, was, it's definitely learned, there's a learning curve. Yeah. I always think it's really important for new entrepreneurs to hear the challenges that seasoned entrepreneurs have gone through. Right. I don't think it's easy for anybody, but so many folks give up when they run to that first challenge. Um, you have right, to right. see that there's a potential success on the other side and fight through those challenges and kind of fight for your dream. And, and the other thing too, is I, I remember this was, I was at a party, you know, 2005 or 2000, it was 2005, 2006. Um, and I was talking about what some of the things I wanted to do. And somebody said to me, I mean, this, they said to me, Hey George, like you're, you're, you're too much of a dreamer, you know, like you're just a dreamer. Like you're too much of a dream. It was an, it was sort of in a negative connotation. And, uh, I think, I think for the first five seconds, it probably impacted me a little bit because I, I probably am a dreamer. Right. Mm -hmm. 
but then I thought, then I responded and I, and I, and I mentioned, I said, like, if I'm not going to dream for myself, like who's going to dream for me? Like there's no one in this planet. So you, you need to be able to, to, you're, you're, you know, during your journey, you're going to have a lot of friends, family members, people that don't know you, right. They're, they're kind of giving you their fears of why they, why they need to not, you know, not be an entrepreneur or not do their own thing or not, not live their passion. And you need to, you need to ignore that, you know, quite frankly, because you'll, you'll see, I mean, there's nothing more beautiful, Greg, than, than waking. Like I get to control every minute of my day, 24 hours. I can, I can decide what I want to do the whole day, you know? And right. Like today, I, you know, I've got a bunch of podcast interviews. I'm hanging out with cool people like you, right? Like I can do that. I don't need to do it at, on a, you know, I don't have to do it on a, on a Sunday morning at 4 PM or something, you know, 4 AM, you know, but that's the power that eventually, I think you earn that, right? I mean, the, the problem with the entrepreneur that just starts, they want to earn, they, 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 they want to earn that right of passage, like day one, day two, week yeah. three. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, I control my own freedom, my time. You, you have to hustle and you have to work more than the next guy and the next girl for years and years until you, until you figure it out. And then you earn that right of passage where you can hang out. I could, tomorrow, I could move my family, that's my son, she's been like that for a while so that's a blessing right um we could move tomorrow to china it wouldn't affect any of my my three businesses that we have right we've got one business is is an eight-figure business the second one is a a seven-figure business the third one is a six-figure business that will will, will be a seven we could move tomorrow to china i mean you you name the country we could move there doesn't it doesn't impact me at all you know but that's a that's a i've I've paid my dues i can tell you that yeah you got to fight to get there no doubt about it now Always fighting. You mentioned how good you are from a client perspective, right? And you've been able to develop strong relationships. And I also know that you deal in, in kind of very high C-suite roles, right? So you're also dealing with very high C-suite clients. So I'm curious how you've been able to get in those doors over right. time and, and build those well, great relationships. It's a great question. And, and I, if you don't mind me sharing about our, our conversation before the show, can, no can I share that? For sure. You, you asked me a question, right? Mm-hmm. And you said, what was the question? Uh, well, we were talking about how can we get on more podcasts, I guess. Right. You said, Hey George, you're, you're, you've been a lot of podcasts. How, any, any ideas? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what did I do? I gave you like everything. Yeah, you did. You gave a tremendous I mean, amount of value. I mean, I was like, Hey, you can have all my, I'm going to give you the whole playbook. I'm going to give you, you know, like I'll give you the scripts. I'm going to get you on five podcasts of shows that I've been on. Like, and there's that's, so that's what you, I mean, that's, there's no secret, right? You just, you have to give, just give, 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 right? And things come full circle, right? So that's that's the secret, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no like, hey, I'll give you this if you give me this, or it's it's. Um, you see that a lot, right? Like you, you you know, you'll say, hey, do you have the name of so and so, and then they start negotiating. You know, it's almost like it's a deal, right? Like I'm, you know, but that's the that's the secret. So I've been these C level guys. I mean, it's something as simple as, and this is a a really simple thing. I run a recruiting company. It's, hey, Greg, you got your kid running, you know, your kid just graduated college. Why don't you have us fix the resume and get his LinkedIn together so you don't have to worry about that? And we're not going to charge you for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something as simple as that, right? Costs yeah. nothing to do. And, you know, when Greg's CEO of a company needs to hire people, who he thinks of George's friend, the recruiters, you know, his buddy, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's how you get unfair competition, right? And, that I love when it's unfair because that's at, at the level I'm at, but the level we're playing at, it's all about unfair competition and you need to learn how to be 
you know, I mean, if you had somebody that said, hey, like, how do I get on podcast? You're going to say, there's a guy who I know, who I interviewed, his name is George. You should talk to George, right? And sometimes that conversation turns into a business opportunity. Maybe your buddy is looking to hire people or maybe they're looking to... So you just have to give, just give, 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 and, and the rest comes comes back to itself, you know? So that's that's the trick. So it's all about over-delivering on value and, and just really helping as much as you can and eventually going to come back around to you. Right, that's the word helping, right? Help. Right. People, it's a people game. And for me, I, I mean, I, 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 I genuinely do it because I'd like to see you do well. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not, yeah, there's no, there's no, like, there's no second or it just, it's, it's also, it's an easy way to live. You know, if you know that you're trying to help people out and you're not trying to get something and there's, there, you know, you, there's, there, there are those types of people that are, it's all about them mm-hmm. and uh, they don't, they just don't do well really in life, but you'll, you'll see some of the most successful people they were also the most generous, you know, not with just money, but also time. Yeah, I've certainly experienced that as well, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about your candidates a little bit, right? So you're helping folks get these high C-level opportunities. Right. From a communication perspective, what are the strengths you would say that, that folks need to have to, to be in a situation to, uh, you know, have an opportunity at those roles? So number one, they're, they're extremely engaged. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the best word. They're, they're just, they're engaged. They're extremely prepared. So they know that sometimes they know more than the HR team does about their own company. Now they'll walk in. So they do, they do their homework. Right. Uh, number three, they, they understand. And you hear this, you hear this buzzword a lot about culture fit and other things, but they, they know that going in, going into it on day one, it's about culture fit. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think they're really successful leaders. They're always looking for a symbiotic relationship, right? Where, mm-hmm. They can help. They can help out the company. They might the company that they might end up at, but it also has to be a fit for them as well. For for you know as, as a candidate, as an employee, as a person. So I think those are the three or four things, right? Being engaged, you know, showing up prepared. You know, number number three, right? Which which is is sort of just you know doing your homework as well as as part of being prepared. And number four is uh, making sure it's a symbiotic relationship. But those are that's that's sort of the common denominator that I see all across the board. And, I, and we're working with people that are making, you know, from $300,000 a year to four to 5 million, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, some of the, some of the very things you use today, you know, like I know, I know them personally, right? Some of the people, some of the products you use today, I know the people running those companies, but all of them have those four, four characteristics. It's a great question. Great question. For sure. No, I appreciate that. And how about from a, a, a resume cover letter kind of perspective, right? Because I know a lot of these folks, right, maybe haven't written a resume in 20 years because they've obviously been growing, climbing the ladder at their companies and now they're looking to make a move. Right. So from, a, a, you know, that level of perspective, as far as looking at a C-suite role, what are the keys from a resume and kind of cover letter perspective? Right. So, and this is a, this is a question. So the first business we have is a, is a, is an executive uh, recruiting business. The second business is an executive branding business. So this is, mm-hmm. we're working with exactly the same question. A lot of times when they come to me, they've already either worked with somebody else or they've, you know, they've, maybe they've interviewed other folks about how to brand their story. I, the, the reason they usually end up working with us is that because we are the end audience, right? So my, my advice is this, I mean, I haven't done a cover letter for an executive in probably 10, unless they ask for it. I mean, we just don't, I just don't think people read them at the executive mm-hmm. level. The, the, the executive resume, the executive biography, the LinkedIn, the, the board resume. And this is where I differ from other people that, that do this. I think it's only 15 or 20% of the whole equation. Right? Yeah. 
I, I think there's a there's an eighty five percent chance that that person will find their next role through six degrees of separation, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, Greg knows Michael, Michael knows Sarah, Sarah knows. So you have to make it as an executive. You have to make it very very easy when you when 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 they speak to Gregory, for example, they speak to Greg. You have to make it easy for Greg to refer your background to his friends, right? So that when there's that that yeah, hey, you should meet you should meet uh, Michael. He's a good guy. That five second glance when you go on Google, LinkedIn, and you have to make it easy for for that that referral. So that's that's one of the, I think one of the one of the tricks. The uh, you still have to walk in with a polished, quantifiable message, right? Mm-hmm. So people care about you know what what are the four or five issues that you're constantly solving? Why are you getting hired? Why are you worth the half a million dollars that you're going to charge me to hang out, right? And then the other thing is just, you know, it's kind of the zero to hero story without the embellishment, right? Like where I was hired to, hired to do these three three or four things, but it's about the chess player. It's about the strategist. It's not about the technician. And that's the biggest thing, right? You see CFOs. So the so CFO, for example, there's two types of CFOs. There's the, there's the, there's, there's the, the, the controller, you know, the accountant, the debits and credits guy. And then there's this, the seat, the pseudo CEO, COO, the guy that runs the business and moves the moves the pieces on the chessboard, and uh, the ones that move the pieces are the one that the one that, that make the money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and have the opportunity, and that's that's kind of the difference between some of these executives. But you're they they show prepared and they, but it's only twenty percent of the equation, in my opinion. Yeah, the rest is networking and yeah. I mean, I mean, every every client we have on the recruiting side, it, it's it's not because I sent the best email; it's because I, I had a great relationship with somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. Mm-hmm. that was able to refer me on. And uh, that's the job market is no different. But first, have you guys ever struggled to gain traction driving paid traffic while it seems like your competitors are just having a lot more success? If so, then you're going to love what I put together for you. I mean, how about a free analysis of you versus your top three competitors to gain clarity around what is really working and what isn't and where the opportunities are? Does that sound good? Well, I've partnered with some of the best in the paid traffic business to create inflection marketing. I only partner with the best. No one has more experience. These guys have been doing it since 2001, and they've been helping companies win paid traffic across all channels, including Google, Microsoft, and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Amazon. And here's the best part. For anyone who sets up a consultation appointment, we'll provide you with a free competitive analysis comparing your pay-per-click advertising versus your competitors, looking at things like messaging, keywords, volume, and cost per click. And there's no obligation for this. It'll give you the foundation that you need to succeed, whether you decide to work with us or not. So to learn more about how we can help you take your digital marketing game to the next level and drive a true inflection in your paid traffic, as well as get your complimentary competitive analysis, go to gregjrice.com backslash inflection. That's gregjrice.com backslash inflection to schedule a quick discussion to see if there may be a fit here or not. So with that, let's dive into our interview. Yeah, and that's actually a great point. I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about the value of your network and and maybe how to develop and foster a really strong network. Right. Well, the uh, there's a there's a have you I don't know if you follow do you follow Grant Cardone at all? You ever follow? You ever yep, follow? For sure. There was a there was a book. Uh, I think it's if you're if you're not first, you're last. And he <laughs> talked about this concept. Right. I'm actually you know I'm I'm in his one of his mentorship classes. It's kind of interesting. Different, like totally different than the guy you see on. So this is, it's a weekly Zoom call. He's on the call. There's like, you know, there's, there's like a hundred of us or 200 of us. 
uh, different, totally different guy than, than you see on, you know, sort of the, and he, and he admits that, <laughs> but he talks about, he talks about the idea of a, of a, a, a contract is just the contact, right. With the R, which is a relationship. Right. And I think if you, I like that, if you keep that in mind, I mean, you know this, right. Cause you're, you're in a similar business. Like you think about everything, you know, your, your day to day, right. It's all about the relationships and mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's all about that. Right. Like, so, you know, the five, the five podcasts that we're going to refer you to, it's going to be because, you know, I know them, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to interview you. Right. Pretty, pretty easily because of, because I'm going to make the recommendation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's all about that. It's all about the, the, the relationship. So, so how do you foster those relationships over time? Right. Cause it's easy to lose track of somebody who you haven't talked to in five years. You know what I mean? How do you stay in touch right. with folks? And I mean, it, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lesson that I, I, I sometimes I pay that price mm-hmm. sometimes because it's 20. I mean, it's, I just think you need to always have reasons to be relevant if you can. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can, from a technical standpoint, you can, you can reactivate conversations. You can just touch the, the worst call that you can get is like, Hey George, how you doing? Give me some business. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. sometimes the best call is just the update call, right? Like, Hey Greg, just want to make sure Hey, thought of you. I don't know. I went for a run last week and I just thought of you. I want to see how you're doing. We haven't spoken in years, you know, like what, how you doing? And yeah. those are, those are the easiest calls to make. And, uh, I think that's an easy, easy trick to do. Uh, and then you just, you can just ask them, Hey, if you need anything, you know, you can use, you, we, we, we there, were, there was a situation uh, when the COVID thing started to hit, there were people that we hadn't spoken to and my team, we used it as, as, as a, as a, I guess, as a strategic advantage to, I mean, we started reaching out to people we hadn't spoken to and just saying, Hey, listen, if you need anything in the next couple of months, like we're here, you know, so let us know, you know, and it, it wasn't an email. It was, you, you, you got those emails, right? Those COVID-19 emails. It was, a, it was an actual phone call to mm. people we knew. So I just think you have to always think about being relevant, right? So it, it's, um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's, it, there's so many people, right? It, there's so many people in this world, but there's, you know, we deal with vendors, we deal with people that we used to work with, we deal with, we, we deal with people we used to interview, we, we, we've interviewed, we deal with, you know, I think if you can, you know, really you have no excuse because of CRMs, you can write everything down these days. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think there's, you know, you can use technology as well, but at the same, you, at the end of the day, you have to pick up the phone and talk to people or, yeah. or do a zoom video, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think the key is just staying connected at some sort of cadence. It can't be three to right. five years, right? Maybe every six months, just checking in for really important or really close contacts. Um, so exactly. that's interesting, but to, so to shift the view a little bit, let's talk about the companies that you work with. Right. And specifically I'm thinking about, you know, maybe like a startup or like an early stage company where the C-level hire is really a make or break decision, right? They get it wrong. They could go out of business. What right. recommendations would you give them when they're looking for a candidate as far as finding the right fit? Right. So let's talk about, I guess it, it depends on the company, right? So what kind of company, so like a startup for me is different than, than just like a really established. So would, would this be like a start, like a, like a 10 person startup or would it be a, a sure. 500 person startup or, or no, I'm thinking more like, you know, 10, 15 person startup, maybe in the technology space. Right. So they, they, they're, I mean, their, their play a lot of times is, is this RSU equity piece, right? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people are kind of getting, they're just not, they're, it doesn't, some of them are not, you know, it's not that great of a bait anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Equity piece. I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, I think, and I, I've seen this, I've had clients, we, we used to have tons of tech clients and, and back in the day before they, you know, I dropped Dropbox, Spotify, there was a company called stumble upon that. Do you know how stumble upon is? No. Yeah. So it was the, t- the two guys that found stumble upon later on found an Uber. Right. Oh, okay. So they, 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 I don't know if they flipped it or not, but they transitioned Uber 
So, you know, there's, there was a, uh, but, you know, I used to, so I used to make trips all the time to San to, to Palo Alto and, and, and San Francisco. And you'd go to, you go to a bar and you meet somebody and you'd be like, Hey, what do you do? And they'd be like, Oh, I work at a startup. Right. And then you'd say, well, what do you do? Yeah. I work at a startup. We just raised $20 million in funding. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, or I, yeah, I'm a founder to startup. We just raised, uh, you know, we just raised 5 million. But I, then I would say, well, what's your business model? Like who, how are you gonna make money? You know? And they'd say, well, we're still like thinking, figuring things out, you know? And this is like two, three years into it. They're figuring things out. Yeah. Like, you need to get, you need to get a customer, you know? <laughs> like I would say the biggest thing is get customers, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Mark Cuban did it. Mark Cuban, I think when he, you know, his first company, I think they asked him, Hey, do you know how to do this software? He's like, yeah, I can do it. And then he figured it out later. Right. <laughs> so the branding business we have, I mean, this, this, the seven figure business, I didn't know how, to, I mean, somebody had asked me to do a favor for them and I did it for them. Right. I, I didn't have a, I didn't know how to do a resume or do that. Or it's just, you, you kind of figure it out. And uh-huh. next thing you know, you grow it, but you need to focus on sales. Like that's the number one you know, sales, right? Like you can have a great, you can have, you can have the most amazing product ever, but if you, if, if no one, if no one buys it, then, then that's the problem you see with a lot of these founders. They're, they're technicians. They're not business people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're great engineers. They're not great business people. They don't think about the sales part of it and how to actually go out and, and, and do things. Right. So there was yeah. a, we're, there's a, there's a, uh, there's like, there's a startup that we, that we're going to, you know, I mean, we, we partner with lots of startups, but I'll give you one example. We're talking about partnership fees and what have you. And, uh, we looked at, looked at the contract and the, the partnership deal for us was 20, according to the contract was 20%, you know? And I said to the I said to him on the phone, I was like, listen, 20% is not going to work. We're, we're doing a zoom call. 20% is not going to work for us. We need, it's, it's going to be 40. We need 40%. Can you do 40? And without a blink of an eye, like not run the numbers. So yeah, we can do 40%. You know, and that's, that's twice a, as much. It's a significant yeah. difference. Yeah, and that's. I mean, listen, it's good for us, right? Mm-hmm. But and when you, you listen, we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna do well on that on that deal. But that's a the, as a business person, you would say you would you'd say, well, let me think about it. Let me run the numbers. I'll get back to you later today or tomorrow. I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll run the numbers. You know, so it's technicians versus business. You see that everywhere. That's the problem with these startups, right? And you, you see that people. It's the gym owner. The gym owner is a great example of that, right? The guy that owns the personal trainer, you've seen this, they're, 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 they love fitness, they love working out, they love, you know, they love the body thing, and then they want to do personal training, and they, don't, they, they can't run their business because mm-hmm. they don't know how, to, they're worrying about, you know, it's all about the, the technical part of it, not the business part of it. Yeah. And, uh, that's the biggest problem I see, it's sales. Sales drives everything. You know, if you don't have sales, you can't, you can, you can't serve your customer. I think that uh, technical versus business thing points a little bit more towards my question as well. So thinking about, you know, maybe I, I have a 10 person company, been around a couple of years, have some funding looking to grow. Maybe I need to hire a new head of sales or maybe I need to right. hire a CFO to help handle the financial side of things. Um, and I think from talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, right, they struggle to understand who might be the best fit, right? They're easily won over maybe by a really good resume or a really big name on the resume that right. they've worked for. Right. So how do they go about finding that right fit for their culture and what they're looking to achieve? I mean, what we do is we just, we, um, you, you have people that, people that have already done it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's also very hard. I mean, quite frankly, you know, there, there's, um, there's like in terms of the sales environment, 
you know, you have to, you have to be an expert at the sales part of it. Even if you're not, if sales is not your course, skill, you know, maybe it's not your, you're great at, you're not great at it. You still have to learn how to dominate that a little bit because, you know, it's just, you're not going to be able to hire the right people. If you can't, if you, you yourself have not sold that product, you're just developing it. But the great question is, have you done it before? Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. if the answer is yes, then, okay, cool. You know, you passed test one. If the answer is no, you know, then, then you probably, it's going to be a tough, that, and you see this, this is why they have boards and this is why they have investors, right? Mm-hmm. The investors try to give them, give them guidance. I'm a different business guy the second time around than I, than I was the first time around. Right. So, you know, just a different, I'm, I'm all about processes. I'm all about people. I'd rather hire before I would only hire people that had university degrees. Now I'm like, well, I mean, I guess it's, it's a nice thing, but it's not, it's not the whole thing. And if the guy that runs my team, by the way, he, he's uh, he went to college or university for like two weeks, didn't like it, quit, but not for him. You know, <laughs> he's been with me for like 10 years. Right. And uh, he's the, I mean, just a smart guy, just really, really bright guy. He can, he can read the situation before something that happens, you know, and it's, 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 uh, there was a, we had interviewed somebody, he was the, the guy with the kid was a PhD, he had a PhD and, and, and the guy that runs my team was interviewing the PhD. Right. And, uh, they started talking about education and the PhD, you know, right. You know, I guess he's, you know, smartest guy in the room. I, I, I heard this is hearsay. Cause this is what I heard on my side. <laughs> he had said to the guy that runs my team, so he was, it was a $120,000 job. This is what we were paying. We were going to pay $120,000. So the PhD, you know, and the PhD kid said, the guy said, how many, how many people on your team have PhDs? And uh, my, my guy said, actually, we've got three. Yeah, three, three in our team have PhDs, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not, an, important, it's not an important thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the PhD said to, to, to my guy, you know, he said, well, where'd you go to school? You know, where'd you go? And he said, well, I didn't go to school. You know, I just, it wasn't, you know, I just didn't go to school. And uh, he says, I, I don't know. Is that, is that, do you need to work at a place where your boss went to school? You know, is that, is that an important <laughs> thing for you? That's, and then the PhD said, no, but it's, it's a plus. I mean, I'd like to work with people that are educated, that are smart, that are, you know, I mean, kind of, he kind of put himself in this. And then, you know, my guy said, well, he's the one versus, so, you know, like, I'm, I'm the one who already has a job, you know, like you're the one who's looking for one. <laughs> anyway, it was just, so, you know, you, you have to hire really smart people, you know, the, the degree. Yeah. It's just, it's, I it's went to, I did, listen, I did economics at Oxford and, and let me tell you, I met some great people there. I also met some not great people there and it's not, you know, I was probably one of the not great people. Right. So, <laughs> uh, it's more about, it's more about skill set and, and can you do it? And are you persistent and, and do you, are you hungry? And, and do you do the extra and do you get rejected easily? And, you know, mm-hmm. you have thick skin and that's what it's about. So you just have to hire great people, but you need to hire people that can do it, you know, like, yeah, that done it. yeah. that's key to be able to assess if they've done it before and if they've yeah. done it well or what they've learned, if maybe they failed at it. Right. Exactly. So just a few more questions I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. Yeah. The first one is around the power of conversations. Right. So I always like to ask the folks on the show, if there's one conversation you can point to in your life that had a really big impact on the direction that you ended up taking. Yeah. One communicate, one, 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 one conversation. Um, well, I think it was, it was back to that, that $500 an hour conversation I had, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with a buddy of mine, there was another impactful thing that, that this was going back to Miami. And this is, this is the idea of time about free time, having freedom to do things. 
I used to play basketball every Saturday, right? 10 o'clock in the morning in Miami, overlooking the water. I mean, it's just beautiful, right? Coconut, you know, palm trees and uh, with a bunch of guys. And all of them were all, they were all, they all had their own businesses, right? One guy would show up in like with a Ferrari. Another guy had a, you know, one guy was exporting bananas. Another guy uh, had a tech company. Another guy had a school. Another guy, you know, I think he was doing, also doing fruit like kiwis or he was doing grapes <laughs> or something like that. And they said to me, and at the time, this was their, this was that three month period when I was still working. I'm like, George, what are you doing? T- what are you doing Tuesday around like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock? You want to play some hoops? Like we're going to play again. You know, you want to play. And I just thought that was the weirdest question, you know, like that's a weird, like, no man, I have to work. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't play basketball on Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Like that's nuts, you know? And I, I just thought it was, and from then on, from then on, when I would go out to lunch or something like that, and during the week, I'd see a guy in his boat, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'd think like, how does that guy get to hang out on his boat on a Thursday or, or Monday? Like, it's like, what did he do to, to do that? And uh, one day it came together, you know, it's all about time, right? You need to be able to, you can permit, you know, and do things that, that buy you time and buy you freedom to buy you to control your own day. And that's a, that's a powerful thing, right? So, For sure. so it wasn't really, a, it wasn't really a conversation. It was more about a, I guess, an event, an event, right? Yeah. That, that changed. And, and you see this, you know, you see this, you see this over and over. People say they don't have time, but they spend 20 hours a week on Netflix, right? Or I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do a business, start a business and I'm too busy already. I don't know. Don't watch Netflix then, or, you know, or don't, I don't know, like don't hang out with your boys on Monday night football at the bar, you know, eating chicken wings. Right. Like, yep. like, you know, so yep, you, yep. there's, there's time. You got to make the most if I have time. time to run three, if I have time to run three businesses, they got time to do a second business, you know, like it's, there's time. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So second question, as you think about all that you've accomplished so far, if there's one communication skill you could have had in more abundance that would have made it a lot easier for you, what right. would that have been? Listen, I do it now, man. I ramble with the best of them, right? So you've heard <laughs> that for an hour now. But, you know, I think, I think with my energy, my energy permits me to ramble so that I get away with it. But if I could improve that, that would be a, you know, if I could say, yeah, I, would, I would say the, sometimes I just go, I'm all over the place. It's just my mind is like, it's like, it's, it's in 15 different things and I get excited about it. You know, it's almost like a kid. So <laughs> I probably, I probably stop. Yeah. It's me, right. That's who I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm energetic and I like people. I like what I do. I don't take things too seriously. And, you know, like telling people you lost two houses on a podcast is probably not the coolest thing, but I don't care, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but I, I, uh, I would probably change the rambling if I maybe shorten it <laughs> a bit. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. A little, little bit more brevity. Yeah. So, last question for you. Who's the best communicator that you know, either know of or know personally? And why do you say that about them? I, I, uh, and I'm not, listen, I'm not, you know, regardless if you, if you, if you like him or not, I think Obama is a terrific communicator. He's, he's, he connects really well with, even if you don't like him, he's terrific. I saw when I was, when I was at Oxford, I saw, and I totally disagreed with everything he stood for. And this is just, I mean, getting politics out of it, but I saw Yasser Arafat speak. I don't know if he was the, former Palestinian, mm-hmm. you know, some would call him a terrorist. Some called him a hero. And I saw him speak in a room of 200 people. Right. And it was in French and that he was translating. He had this glow in his eyes. He passed away, obviously, but even if he didn't, I mean, I, I was, I was almost in, I was almost engaged. I was like, you wanted to fall in love with the guy, you know? And then you're like, wait a second, this guy, I mean, I didn't agree with anything he was saying. Cause he, you know, me, I just like, this isn't, Whoa. 
it's those are the kind of speakers that that just and you know that's Obama's like that too. Obama is 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 very good. He's he's excellent. Right? But I think those are the two. You have other people to talk about. I'm not a fan, for example, of the way Clinton communicates. Right, Hillary Clinton. You know, I like I like Bill Clinton's communication style better than Hillary's. Right. So there's a trust factor as well. Mitt Romney, I like I like the way Mitt Romney communicates uh, mm-hmm. from a speaker standpoint. I like the way you know. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Anderson Cooper, you know, CNN. I mean, he's a good communicator. He's on TV, obviously, for a reason. You know, so you've got a, a lot of different people. And I think there's a lot of people do different things well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you're not the first person to share Obama to that answer. I mean, to that question. Um, right. And I agree, tremendous communicator, as well as all the other folks that you mentioned there. Although I can't say I know that much yeah. about Yasser Arafat and his communication skills, but I'll take your word for that. Yeah, he but, was, I mean, he was, he was just in person, I think. In person, he was, he was pretty powerful even if you disagreed with what, with what he was saying. And that's, that's, mm-hmm. I think is important. He had, he had the ability to, to convey at least his, his side of the, his side of the message. Yeah, for sure. So actual last question for you, where's the best place that folks can find you about your companies and all the things that you're doing? Right. So we're, we're, um, there's a, we, we, there's two things, right? First thing is they can just go on Instagram, right? I mean, the easiest thing is it's just exec underscore headhunter on Instagram, mm-hmm. right? And then we've got, we've got a, uh, we've got a, we just started a Facebook. I mean, it's a Facebook page we're building up. I've got on LinkedIn, I have 30,000 contacts. So I'm maxed out on LinkedIn, but if they, you can pretty much, if you Google George McGarren, right. And just spell McGarren remotely correctly, you'll, you'll find me, you know, I'm all over the place on Google. So Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, you name it, you know, all the podcasts I've been on. Uh, cool. But if they need help on the branding, if you're somebody, if you're a small, you know, if you're a business person, you're an entrepreneur and you say, listen, I don't need like a guy like George can't help me on the branding to get to LinkedIn. Why would I need that? Uh, you know, you're, you're pitching businesses. They're looking at your, they're saying, why is this guy worth the meeting? Why should I, why should I give him the 30 grand, 40 grand? You know, let's say your product is $30,000 or whatever. So they're looking at those things as well as social media part of the, the, the LinkedIn piece of it. So if you can, if you can tell that elevator pitch, you know, even, even as an entrepreneur, it's a great investment in yourself. And I couldn't agree more. It's important to tell a compelling story at all the places where folks are going to look you up, right? And a consistent story as well. Right. Totally right. And you know, you know that, you know, you know that with the best of them. So. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, George. Tremendous conversation. Um, I think a ton of value for anybody looking for a role, looking to hire leaders, you know, as well as just a great conversation around kind of networking and the importance of communicating with others effectively. So thank you for that. Exactly. Greg, I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, I look forward to, we're going to have a show in a couple of months and I'll, I'll have you on mine as well. So oh, tremendous. I appreciate yeah, it. I great. look forward I to it. Yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, I'll probably flip the, I'll probably ask you, you gave me a lot of softball questions today, so I'll probably ask you harder questions, but you were nice to me. I appreciate being, <laughs> being a cool sport about it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, George. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Greg. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the communication nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.